brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 223. My name's Turner Sparks. And I am Mikhail Kaplinsky. You can find me at turnersparks.com. Buy my album, Turner Sparks, live from the Friars Club. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America across all social media platforms. Kaplan, yes. on the podcast today, we have returning Mr. Misha Kalin to give us the latest drama, the latest episode, the latest update in his country of Belarus. What's going on over there? He yeah. will be with us in a minute. Just for a quick teaser, the the um you can't even call him a president. What do you call him? The ruling the dictator, the leader, occupying the occupying you, dictator, the terrorist, the terrorist in charge, in terrorist in chief, the terrorist in chief. He just I, likes this podcast and he wants us to have to have topics. He keeps giving us the gift of that. So the terrorist in chief hijacked an airplane, and yeah. we're gonna get to that in a few minutes. But Kevin, yeah. before that, people, we have new subscribers all the time. If you want to support this show, listening to it, just listening to it, don't do much. Not for supporting us. it. Yeah, does not do anything for us. Nothing. Not so I would almost say we appreciate you listening, but I'm not sure if we do. I don't even appreciate you at all. I mean, you should be listening. You're getting smarter. You're becoming a better blowhard. You're getting some laughs. So you should be thanking us for that. But you're not. I mean, you're not. I don't appreciate it. No, (laughs) no money comes into our pocket. (laughs) Nothing. Zero. (laughs) So So if you want to really do if you want to really help us out, go to Patreon.com slash Lost in America. Throw in five bucks a month for all, all this knowledge we're giving you. It only costs five dollars a month. If you want to read a book on Belarus, first of all, you got to go to a bookstore. I don't even know if those exist. Oh, they and don't. 20 bucks. And your other option is to go on Amazon. And now you're giving, speaking of dictators, you're yeah, giving Jeff money Bezos to, to what's his name over there? Bezos. And if you want to go to a library, I can assure you that libraries do exist, still do not even have any books on Belarus because they're very, they have very few books left. It's all, it's cat in a hat. It's kid books. Oh, well, they don't have Ken the Hat anymore either, but they have, oh, have not canceled. canceled kid books and they have <laughs> computer stuff. They, have, they do not have books on Belarus. How so to be a woke us. baby. 
<laughs> they have in 17 different languages. Yeah, Patreon.com slash Lost America. $5 a month. Kaplan and I do uh, three extra shows a week just for our Patreon subscribers over there. And that's a full throttle half hour comedy podcast about our lives in New York City. I almost fought an audience member on Saturday night at the New York Comedy Club. They rushed to the stage. It became, I grabbed the microphone. I grabbed the mic stand and I'm going to leave it there. Stop you right there. I'm going to say, do not tell anymore. The rest of that story is for Patreon subscribers only, but it's a money back guaranteed story. That's, that's what we're also saying. The first month we will get, if you don't like it, you subscribe $5, $10, whatever you give us. If you don't like the podcast that first month, you let us know. And Turner turns going to go to the post office and mail you. I will mail you cash. (laughs) <laughs> he will he will no put matter what bl- country you're in if you're in belarus right now i will mail mail you a five u.s dollar bill he will hijack can, a plane that's going to belarus and put five dollars figure on out it. how to how to how to convert that into your yeah. money but Kaplan, all right now let's get to today's episode so misha's back let's say what we know and then misha can fill us in on what we don't know and mm-hmm. what we got wrong kaplan what do you know about this story well, I know that, that it's all started with like most disasters on the uh, in the in the air in the skies these days. It started with Ryanair. The airline Ryanair was was there was a plane. It was not going to Belarus. It was going to uh, I'm forgetting where it was going. Greece. It was I going believe? to Lithuania. It was going Lithuania. from Greece to right. Lithuania. Greece By the way, that should be like the bait. That's the basics. That's the that's the top <laughs> knew, line I, of any article that's written about this story right now. Yeah, well, I feel like it's not that important. You just know it wasn't going to it wasn't going sure. to, to Minsk. It was going to a different part of Europe, two European Union cities, uh, where friendly countries, not countries at war with anybody, were flying. People were flying, and they commercial. they got commercial airline. That's the word. There you go. And they got a call from a ground control, air control, whatever you call it. They told them uh, there's a bomb on the plane, and in Belarus, they, they Belarusian air control said, "Hey, there's a bomb on your flight." Right. Well, we got to help you out. We're just, I don't know how they, they knew the Belarusian air control would know that you have a bomb on your plane, but they somehow when, knew. When, when the flight did not start in your country and is not ending in your country, yeah, somehow it, the intelligence went to them that there was a they bomb. They were in on their airplane. airspace. I guess they're saying that we have some sort of detector. We know if bombs enter our airspace. I don't even know. Sure. And they, and they sent, they were so nice. They sent a, uh, a, a military jet to escort them to land in Minsk. Belarusian MiG fighter jet <laughs> yes. flew up next to the Ryanair airline and said, right. hey, buddy, time to land. Uh, wheels down. All, all, all the people, it's Ryanair, so all the people who are banging in the seats and just getting <laughs> wasted like they normally do on a Ryanair flight. Uh, just uh, got, got a little nervous, they said. By the well, way, if, you start- get, if you're on a Ryanair flight, and a no. fight, a MIG from a uh, from Europe's <laughs> last dictatorship flies up alongside you. Ryanair calls that first class. That's first class. They all of a sudden charge you a hundred dollars extra per ticket because you got yeah. extra, you got a benefit while you're flying. And I guess air. if you start thinking there's a bomb in your flight, you're actually more likely to become a drunken hooligan mess and start banging in the seat. So it yeah, must have going been down anyway. on that plane. <laughs> it's probably real anarchy on that flight. But anyway, they they uh, they helped them land, and they didn't even land in the closest airport. They took them to Minsk. You think there was a bomb? You go to the closest. Yeah, they airport. were almost out of Minsk. They were almost into Lithuanian air, and yep. the, the fighter jet said, "Nope, nope, nope. You turn, turn it around. We're going four hours the other way back to Minsk." And they landed, and then they arrested a journalist. And let's bring Misha in right there. We, a, 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 turns out a Belarus by chance, a Belarusian right, journalist was on the flight, <laughs> and they and arrested he, him and his Russian girlfriend. He wasn't Misha wearing his Kalen, you know, a fantastic stand-up comedian based in Bel- based in Minsk, Belarus, currently in Armenia. And yeah, uh, we'll and uh, find Turner out why. Welcome to the show. So, 
Yeah, Turner paid for my uh, flight to Armenia. So please, everybody, donate. Yes. To Lost in America. <laughs> I need to re- I need reimbursement for that flight. Yeah, they do everything for their listener. No, your listener loves Armenia. You know it. They love Belarus. So you thought, hey, what should I do? I should combine the two. Yeah, sweeps week. This is the yeah. first time we've had a recurring guest go to a country of another recurring guest. It- I, go yeah. to our number one. Our number one guest goes to our number one market, Armenia. So this is yeah. Great. You almost wonder if, if at some point during this episode, if Narek Margarian is gonna make it. <laughs> I assume surprise. you're in his home and he's just gonna appear in a bathrobe or something, surprise like appearance. having a cocktail. <laughs> Dude, I had a kebab with him uh, last night, so mm, it's quite amazing. Possible. Look at that. Yeah. I want you to get in his car and drive around, and we'll do uh, comedians in cars in Armenia, podcasting with us. So sure, sure. Let's <laughs> Next do time. it. So what's uh, going okay. on with this flight? All right. So you know who the guy is, right? That uh, uh, Raman. Yeah, he's a Belarusian journalist who is highly critical of Lukashenko. The... Well, oh, no, uh, not, I... not quite. He's, not, he's actually not even a journalist, right? Mm, okay. So essentially, the, uh, our whole protest was curated or somehow, I'm not going to say... Basically, they had a, uh, there was a, a Telegram channel called uh, Nechta, but it kind of spells out like next with an A. N- but in, in Belarusian, it sounds Nechta as in like somebody, right? It means just a random person, somebody. That, that's what it means, Nechta. But it kind of, some people read it as Nechta. So he and another dude, they're just young kids. You know, they're like 25, 26 years old. They started this uh, channel. And yes, it was uh, quite critical of the government. But even more so, it was used to coordinate all the uh, protests and a whole bunch of stuff. All the new stuff uh, was coming out there. The videos, some communication between different uh, um, uh, regions of the city, the activists in certain regions would use it to coordinate. And wow. uh, yeah, so he's um, an important guy in the in the we should also say just to catch people up very quickly. There's been six months or more now of protests going on in Belarus to get the the former president election now occupier in chief, terrorist in chief uh, Lukashenko out of office. If you don't know what we're talking about. Go back and listen to all the Misha Kayla episodes right now that we've done over the past six months. And now you're cut up. So this journalist, this, sorry, this guy who ran the website was a big, he was a big player in the coordinating of all these protests over the last six months. And, and he was in Belarus then during that. Uh, no, they already? were in Poland. They were in Poland. Okay. They rented from out of Poland um, for obvious reasons uh, right. because they would have gotten shut down immediately. And uh, the, the channel had, at some point, over 2 million subscribers. Wow. Yeah, so it is quite powerful, and it was basically the voice of the protest for a while. And now, actually, the update on the protest is that it's essentially dead, and uh, people are being uh, uh, put, in, put to jail, arrested, given criminal terms. The fines have doubled and tripled. So it's uh, he's finally not, he's finally shut it down, basically. Yeah, he shut it down. Things are not good. That's why uh, I mean, I'm thinking about staying in Armenia because I'm afraid to fly back. Even I don't even know what's going to like. Honestly, if I uh, if I was flying, I was just flying on the 23rd. So if I was flying a day later or two days later, I don't even know if it's possible now. I don't know what the situation is. 
So I'm supposed to go back at the end of the week, but I think I'm going to change my flight and, and stay here because I came here for work anyway. Uh, but I also got to meet uh, Narek and uh, we talked about doing stand up here in English. And he said, uh, I basically, uh, that's what I did in Lviv, Ukraine. You know, I just started going to venues and I said, I like this venue. I'm going to do stand up here. And people usually say, yeah, okay. So I'm going to do it here. And uh, Narek said, yeah, I'll support you. Let's do it. <laughs> so I'm just gonna do Wait, it. so you, you might be, a- uh, you and Narek might, Narek might be uh, rejuvenating, not creating, but rejuvenating the, the comedy, the stand-up comedy scene in Armenia, or at least starting something new to be part of it. Well, exactly, because their uh, their sort of uh, their model is way different from uh, what uh, you and I uh, did and what we are used to. Right. We want uh, as much stage time as possible. Right. So you work on your material at open mics and then you have paid gigs. Uh, they have sort of a different thing. They have more of a com- uh, comedic show and they're kind of r- r- run. Uh, they write material in like small groups and then they have huge, huge gigs uh, and almost like a like a theater like a play would do yeah exactly yeah so uh, like a run they have a run of that show for six weeks or whatever six months but but sergey uh you know the other guy from arm comedy right he was there and he said uh, there is actually a bunch of other people uh who do it way more often and they kind of want to do it on the regular basis uh, and some of the people they, he said the a lot of them do it in russian like 50 percent of them do it in russian some of them are actually from moscow and everything so i want to get connected to those guys Wait, and actually um, so oh. you might so you were going you on the 23rd of may and sorry when did this when did this uh hijacking let's call it when did this happen was that also on the 23rd of may or 24th i think 24th or something like that yeah yeah so you i'm all mixed went- up with it yeah, yeah, so yeah. you went to you went to Armenia just for work, for not comedy related work, just your day job work, and right. now you're thinking of just staying. Yeah, I mean, uh, I work for a really cool startup, uh, and we deal with uh, AI. And actually, Narek is interested in AI. He's coming to the office uh, tomorrow to talk. Wow, to our... look at this! <laughs> we get ten percent of any deal you guys make. By the way, <laughs> well, that's. The... That's what I make. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, and what's the, cause I just think to like, in a, to, I I understand that this could be part of, um, well, I, I, from an American perspective, going to a country on vacation or for work and then just deciding I'm staying sounds kind of crazy, but also we've done these almost a year of podcasts with you now. And I remember from the very beginning, the first one we did with you a year ago, almost a year ago, we were joking about Lukashenko being this crazy guy who didn't know how to respond to coronavirus. He was almost like a not harmless, but not super dangerous kind of buffoon idiot. And then it became, oh, wait, now he lost this election, but he's pretending like he won and he's not leaving office. It got serious and people started protesting in the streets. And then I remember even speaking to you and there was a lot of hope that, well, these protests are so big, they're going to take them down. And now, yeah, there, there's no more hope. So the hope's uh, gone. Hope's uh, gone. His, and then the this police. is what happens. I mean, your personal story is a microcosm for what happens, which is that the educated people, the people who can afford to leave, oftentimes leave in these situations, and the people who can't, unfortunately, have to stay, and that it hurts the country even further, right? Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people have already left. And, yeah. uh, and and we had a still a thriving IT sector, uh, lots of companies still in Belarus, and it was pretty much uh, 
like one of the in Eastern Europe, it was the biggest hub for uh, outsourcing companies, uh, startups, and some other innovative companies. But but now everybody's leaving because I mean, you basically the situation is uh, this: you're you're sitting at home and you're waiting to get arrested. Jeez. Um, yeah, so, that's everybody. Uh, Didn't you tell us last time your aunt got arrested on their way to yep. the, the laundromat or something, just walking down no, the street? No, 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 to get chemo uh, therapy. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of our comedians who does stand up in English, he's uh, serving his thirty-day uh, jail term. I think it's about to end pretty soon. So that's another one. For what? What did he get arrested for? Uh, he basically started that they had a pro-government rally, and he's started talking to these people and you know, just kind of making fun of them. Yeah. I mean, no, no. I mean, they, obviously you know, none I mean, of these arrests are legitimate. We're not trying to legitimate. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying what was, what did they accuse him? You know, what did they come up with to take him to jail? That's ridiculous. Basically it's all, they just manufacture uh, cases. So yeah. It, people get criminal terms. That's another thing. I was flying out the same day. Uh, I'm not even going to say who just, yeah. Because they're really, really secretive. I'm not even going to just a person that's really, really close to me who was leaving to a, an undisclosed location on the same day because he's basically he's afraid of persecution. To and go to another see, country, I'm, leaving the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So- and essentially, uh, basically, uh, most of the people that I know are leaving. Nothing is holding me. This is all I can say. Like, uh, the reason it's easy for me to just stay here is just because uh, most people have either already left or will leave uh, by the end of uh, this year that are like close to me and that I, I care about. Got it. So essentially, the, yeah, that's the situation. I guess uh, it's not like I'm optimistic. And when I say the hope is dead, it's not like it's dead, but this try uh, has failed. Just so good. now... We're kind of waiting for, um, or not waiting, and just hoping for another trigger. This could be one, uh, this whole, uh, you know, terrorist. Yeah, could anybody have imagined this? Did you ever think like something like this was like? Um, like a, I mean, yeah, that's actually, that, that was, uh, honestly, in retrospect, we should have seen something like that coming. You know, you can't have 20 years of stagnation. It's just. I mean, uh, what's the other uh, alternative? Just turning into North Korea? I mean, now it's kind of turning into North Korea too. I guess what I'm saying is, uh, I mean, you either reach that point just kind of like that uh, frog in a gradually, uh, in water that just gets hot gradually, right? And it gets boiled to death. And I guess now it's just not gradual anymore, you know? Yeah. Because the, the, the economy would have uh, shut down uh, eventually and people's lives w- would have been shit anyway, right? And that would have caused some kind of uh, uh, unrest. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just impossible for it to just uh, constantly decline or just be stagnant forever into infinity. At some point, uh, something has to happen. But the, 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 you know, another thing that I'm watching all the time is Russia, because uh, Russia is, is seemingly is following uh, Belarusian scenario. And once Russia, uh, you know, changes or moves on to a different phase, I don't even know how to say it. It could be like a power transfer or another revolution uh, there, then it will affect us for sure. Also, yeah. <laughs> no, let's get into that because it seems like, um, 
I mean, Russia's oh. fingerprints have got to be involved in this. Well, a know. big oh, of course. Uh, yeah, we kind of deviated from the whole story, but quickly uh, going back to that story. So the guy was flying there with his girlfriend, right? So they made uh, the play uh, the plane land in Minsk, even though he was saying, uh, you know, hey, we can't land here because uh, you know I'm gonna be arrested. And so he knew he was aware, obviously. Yeah, yeah, he he was highly suspicious of this. Uh, situation because he actually right before the flight he was texting uh, uh to someone that uh, somebody was following him trying to take a picture of his passport and then all of a sudden uh, he just uh, turned around and left uh and uh, also he was flying there with his girlfriend and uh, she got taken in and he made a video recently uh, that you could tell that he was uh, being uh, uh, he was be- beaten and everything he was probably uh, to- tortured and he was saying just in common sort of collected. It's almost morbid. Did you see that the, the video? Like he released like a hostage video, basically. Yeah, like a he, hostage video. He almost saying, like apologized for his role. And right. He yeah, basically said, yeah, that he's being treated uh, well with the accordance uh, with the accordance of the law. They That's what they do. And it's, uh, you know, it's kind of uh, chilling, you know, honestly, they do these cynical things. Uh, but, but where did uh, Lukashenko get this idea? He did the same thing. Um, Ukrainian special forces fucked up a op- uh, special uh, like operation by uh, overtaking this uh, private uh, uh, fighting sort of group. Uh, the Wagner, Wagner, I don't know, Wagner, uh, they, they basically militants or mm-hmm. what do you call them? Private sort of. Private military uh, merc- mer- mercenaries, mercenaries or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That they, they sent uh, to Syria and elsewhere, and they uh, were involved in Ukraine in the Donbas. So they were trying to lure them uh, into uh, Kiev. Uh, but then that whole situation, uh, somebody in the Ukrainian office, um, there was a snitch in the Ukraine office, and so they uh, let the uh, Russian authorities know. So they landed that plane in Minsk. And so basically they took over the 30 uh, uh, mercenaries, right? So that was the first sort oh, so of- So this uh, has the, happened before, or a version of this has just, Yeah, just recently, yeah. So that ah, gave Lukashenko because, the idea, oh, you can actually do that. So he, uh, and he's a very spiteful, he's a dumb, spiteful, collective farmer. You know what I mean? So yep. that's just kind of his nature. And Yeah, uh, it seems, it seems like, Kaplan and I were talking before we went on the air and it seems like the risk. So his, what he wanted to do spiteful is, is the perfect word because this guy's been running a website that's been very critical of him. And as you said, what I read was 20% of Bel- the estimates, 20% of Belarusians are subscribers to this website. Okay. 20%. So to his telegram channel, you mean? Yeah. yeah. So that's a pretty, he has right. a pretty big influence. And, but also Lukashenko's already sanctioned by the EU sanctioned by the U S this seems like an unnecessarily an unnecessary move for him yeah. when he knows he's going to get one guy that he doesn't like and he's going to be able to torture mm-hmm. that guy. So that's great for Lukashenko. He can feel good about himself because he's torturing one enemy. But at the same time, there's going to be bigger and bigger sanctions by the EU, by the US against him, which he, I'm sure he doesn't care about. He doesn't necessarily need to leave. All he wants exactly. to be in Belarus or Russia, but also against his country, which he definitely seems to not care about. He doesn't care about that. And uh, he doesn't he's never been to Europe, I don't think. I don't think he's. Yeah, ever what is, he doesn't need to go on vacation in the south of France. 
Exactly. And uh, he doesn't really care. Uh, yeah, that just shows you that's the level of cynicism, right? And honestly, that uh, pilot, the Ryanair pilot, what if uh, he got that warning and he just kept, he was trying to leave uh, Belarusian airspace. And that's why they raised that MiG uh, to kind of force him to land. But what if he didn't land? Would that? Yeah, would, it be, would he have bombed it? Like, would, would they he have shot it exactly? out of the air? I don't know. You tell me, you know, I mean, what if it would have landed? Something would have gone wrong and all these civilians were killed. I mean, it would have been an international crazy, uh, really unprecedented international incident. There's lots of. But then again, let's say that happened. What would Europe do again? You know, wag their. uh, Yeah, they're not very tough. Europe. Yeah. So that gets to my next question, because uh, just reading some of these quotes from what the foreign countries have done. I mean, the United States strongly condemns in quotes that's happening, but we condemn all the time. We don't do anything about it. Right. Poland, Poland's actually a little stronger. They called it state terrorism. Well, they were actually, Um, it was leaving from their country too. So no, it was leaving from Greece. Oh, wait, sorry. I'm getting confused. I keep getting confused. Yeah. And it was (laughs) going to Lithuania. European commission said this will have consequences, but none of these, none of these sanctions work. Misha, can you think as a Belarusian, is there anything that these foreign countries could do that would work? Yeah. Like, I don't know, assassinate him. I'm not, I mean, that's, I'm, that... I'm, I, guess, I guess I'm just hopeful, but I don't know. Well, we read <laughs> that they had, they had sanctions that from going back from last year that they were still debating the EU. They hadn't even, they hadn't even finalized them. They, they were still, they're like, well, maybe this will speed that up from going sanctions, back. Yeah. Sanctions won't work. Yeah. I don't know what would work. Outside of just attacking really like military attack, right? Or, or, or some kind yeah. of CIA type operation to go in and just take him out. Something like that. Yeah. Or maybe. Yeah. What so about something like that? I, I can't think but of as long as he's got Putin, no one is going to try to do that. That's the thing. Well, because then you're going to war with Russia as well. Then you're going to war with Russia. No, 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 no. If he was out of the picture, I think Putin would have a blast. He would, uh, you know, he would think it's hilarious. (laughs) But wouldn't he have to act, though? Because feel, I feel like it would be like an insult to Putin. No, maybe not. No, no, no. He'd be like, thank God he was gone, guys. I'm thinking even in mob terms here. Even if you don't like the guy, you're like, well, that was protecting him. Well, Misha, is there any parallel because you and I both lived in China for a long time. We understand the relationship between China and North Korea, where it's like a relative. It's like a drunk uncle that you put up with, but you can make fun of them. But if anyone else does, they're a problem. Right. Exactly. And so China exactly. always supports North Korea in that way. Internationally, they say they support North Korea, but but truthfully, they can't stand the Kim Jong-il family, the Uns, they think they're, a harass- they're, they're annoying to have to deal with and cover up for all the time. And so I could see the same. If somebody took out them, China on one hand would have a pro. They would have to pretend like they really cared about it. But as long right. as no one came into Chinese territory, I don't think they would do much about it. But I, mean, I that's think just- that, that's a really good comparison. I think yeah? that's okay. exactly what it is. Yeah. And uh, I think secretly Putin wants uh, Lukashenko gone because he would rather put somebody else in his place. So the, that Babarika guy who's in prison now, one of the presidential uh, candidates. Yeah. He's from Gazprom, one of the biggest uh, oil and gas companies. Uh, what do you mean? It's the biggest oil and gas companies, state-owned uh, gas companies in uh, Russia. And he's in prison now. Uh, I'm pretty sure Putin would rather see him 
in power instead of Lukashenko because Lukashenko has screwed him over. Uh, he's been screwing him over. He makes promises, never delivers. He always uh, stabs you, and he's slippery. You know, he's he's learned. He's uh, the true uh, political animal. You know, he knows how to just uh, navigate through the political bullshit. He's very much like Trump in, in that sense. But he's in charge. I mean, because I, I read this quote from one of the EU people saying, well, we need to first see if we can prove that Lukashenko was involved in this before we decide on the uh, sanctions. Really? Who said and that? I was like, what are we talking about? I saw that one of the EU quotes from one of the people. And I was like, I don't even understand how Chrissy's involved. Otherwise, you have real problems if they're just like random government people hijacking military, just hijacking planes for shits and giggles. But Lukashenko, I, I mean, Misha, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Lukashenko is admitting he's involved, but he says... Yeah. Yeah, there was yeah, just sure. a bomb. He, he thought there was a bomb on the plane and it turned out there yeah, wasn't. Yeah. That's his story. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, I think they meant like, did he uh, did he plan it or was he like aware of it late in the game and just said, oh, OK, uh, that kind of thing. Like, which I mean, it, it's really brazen. Like there haven't been a lot of like there's no other examples. And there's a lot of thug dictators in the world who have gotten out and just hijacked a commercial plane to get a dissident, you know, so that it, the world, I would, I'd be shocked. The world doesn't do something, but I, you're right. I, I'm but one of my breath. If they close the borders, that's actually uh, screwing people like me. Yes, you know? right. And, and that's what Lukashenko wants anyway. He doesn't want people. Right. Different who, airlines are announcing they're not going to let you use your airspace and stuff like that. That doesn't. Hurt. Yeah. Who, who does that hurt? Definitely not Lukashenko, right? Yeah. So, so what, Misha? How getting into the flight thing, as Kaplan just kind of pointed out. One of the major, this hasn't been a state-sponsored sanction. This isn't from the EU. Oh, it might be from the EU. I guess, yeah, the EU did say that no, they're no longer allowing Belarusian airlines companies to fly over EU land. And then they're also not letting EU um, airlines, based airlines, to fly over Belarusian land. So how, I guess if you're currently in Armenia, you can still get back. You can go back and forth because you're not crossing in the EU territory right right, right. but well, you could also that's... take a flight to lithuania and maybe it'll get hijacked and you'll end up in belarus so you can <laughs> anything can happen yeah. so does this yeah does this if you're just a regular if you're a belarusian citizen this I, I would imagine a lot of people right now are thinking this is the time to get out does it look like lukashenko might be shutting down borders at some point or who knows uh, yeah, I mean, now he can probably, he's capable of anything. And the, yeah, I mean, honestly, like now that we're talking about it, I feel like I'm getting more and more depressed. Like I'm, I'm, I have way less energy than in the beginning of this podcast because it's kind of like the re realization of it. I don't know why. I, I'm kind of optimistic just because under this pressure, I feel like I'm thriving. Like it's uh, yeah. sorted out my life. You know, I'm feeling better than ever in terms of uh, before I had like issues in my life. And then I just focused, oh, okay, listen, this is just everything that I was dealing with was nothing you know this is a real threat so i have to put uh you know sort my all my things out you know and like really work hard and uh, to be that person that people can rely on if uh, shit hits the fan right and uh, so i guess that gives me some kind of optimism and hope but in the, looking at the situation i'm trying to find positives but uh, you know there are any well, i guess my only hope is for uh you know, for the global situation to change. Like I'm still waiting for Putin to, you know, kick the bucket. And uh, like what I was telling you, uh, that uh, a political analyst, uh, Valery Solovey, he keeps talking about it, that uh, he's 
you know, taking a bunch of medicine and he he's planning the transfer uh, of power this year. And once that happens, I think, you know, basically Lukashenko thing, uh, thinks he has everything under control, but all it takes is just one mistake, you know, one miscalculation and boom, it all falls apart because he's really, uh, you know, he's trying to solder a boiling kettle shut, you know what I mean? And once that blows up, it, there's just, you know, the effect is going to be huge. And, yeah. uh, you know, we failed at the first attempt, but I feel like uh, that was, listen, we've been in a dormant. The country was asleep for 20 years, you know? So when you just wake up, you don't really know um, what to do. And you're hopeful. You feel like this is the right way. Nobody nobody knows what to do, you know? Nobody yeah. teaches you this stuff. You know, there's no leader more. since the Soviet Union, well, since you were independent. He was right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, since that's, 1994. That's and Misha, I want to say this: I don't. This in no way has this whole Belarusian thing, this revolution, attempted revolution. This has not been a failure, because we. I mean, not only Kaplan and I, but the international media at large is now talking about Belarus all the time. It's in our news. It's in our headlines often. Yeah. That's why we keep doing these episodes. Because and for 20 years, it wasn't. You could have asked anyone a year and a half ago, where is Belarus? I think you even have a joke about it. No one knows. Right now, everyone yeah. knows. So, yeah, I have, I have uh, hour, I mean, uh, an hour of jokes about it. Yeah. So in that sense alone, I know that awareness can be a bullshit term like, oh, we need to raise awareness. But genuinely, Belarus, Belarus needed to raise awareness. And that's been done. So now it's going to be easier and to now. I have to throw away a, a whole hour of uh, material. Yeah, we've. This is not. You're not helping. He's more depressed. Just throw in our jokes. This is like when a. This is like when a fat comedian gets skinny and they have no idea. Yeah. No, go back to be no, fat. It's um, listen, you're totally right, and uh, also uh, the, the society has changed. People are not going to be the same anymore. You know, and uh, a lot of people have woken up. And let's say uh, the, this guy who's in jail now, you know, his whole family, even if, the, if they were on the border or something, uh, right? The, the, they weren't sure which side of the fence they're on. Now they know. And uh, there were some pe- people who are taken in, um, you know, and put to jail that voted for Lukashenko, but nobody really believes them. They go like, oh, I voted for Lukashenko. Why are you taking me? And they go, like, yeah, shut up. Uh, right. So there's these repressions are so rampant that it's really changing the society. I don't think it's going to. Uh, and, and I hope the elites are finally kind of uh, the, the, his surrounding is realizing it. And I mean, I don't know, at some point, how can you live uh, with yourself? I'm hoping like if you're uh, the police chief or one of the military guys, at some point you just can't. Some of them, like, uh, I believe there's some suicide cases. 60 of them have been, um, their ranks have been taken over. So they've been, like, dishonorably discharged or whatever, right? So this type of thing is uh, demoralizing. And soon the budget is running dry. That loan that they got from Russia is running out. Uh, they're not going to get another one. They're just going to get, you know, existing um, debt restructured or something like that. So it's running dry. And once they uh, can't pay you know, riot police to, uh, you know, go go around and hunt uh, civilians. Uh, maybe they'll kind of open their eyes too. You know, I, I know that feeling. You know, because I remember when, uh, you know, I was religious for a while, and then it just hit me. I was like, 
oh wow uh you know people don't get raised from the dead you know and then boom you're not religious anymore you know maybe it's not a good i see what you're saying it's coming out of a um a way of thinking that's like shattered and now and it takes a minute to kind of flip. Well, you, you, I feel like they think of him as this deity, you know? Does he call like, himself oh, father? In, like, right? Or yeah, in person? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, exactly, when yeah. you have this complete faith in him, and then, you know, you realize, oh, it's just some guy, you know? And yes. he's doing crazy shit. All he cares Why about Why am I himself. protecting him? Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't. Guy. Yeah, he's a crazy guy, you know? It's almost, yeah, it's, I mean, seriously, Stockholm Syndrome. So once you kind of, realize that how how can you go and live in because the military uh, has an awakening almost so the police i guess we got more to get to but we do have to take a break um before we take the break kaplan we are part of the world's smartest podcast network yes we are deemed by people i think there was a global podcast organization that deemed us the world's smartest well every podcast network if people don't know this you have to submit it to an iq test special podcast iq test and you average it out yeah and despite my low marks, the rest of you guys are so damn smart that we ended up number one. Number one, we carried networks. it. Yeah, We're the World's Smartest Podcast Network. Check out our two other shows on the network. We have uh, Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy, host of the Ask... Her former show is Ask a Political Scientist, but subscribe to that because she will be coming out with a new show soon on the same feed. It should be on same the same feed. feed. If it's not, she's really not, not doesn't understand what she's doing. <laughs> she's not a smart podcast network. No, we might get our name taken away if she changes feeds <laughs> for that. But she is a professional political scientist slash stand-up comedian slash circus performer. And um, a lot of slashes. lot of slashes. Also, check out the Political Orphanage with Doctor. He's not a doctor, but he does have elbow pads on his on his jacket. I mean, he's just as much of a doctor as Bill Cosby. So he's that's he's true. <laughs> Andrew Heaton, Dr. Andrew Heaton. His, and his guest next week will be Dr. Bill Cosby, I believe, from prison. <laughs> yeah, so way to tease. Yeah, so that'll be good. And they'll be so, discussing Jello. No. Uh, so the political orphanage, ask a political scientist. We are Lost America Podcast, World's Smartest Podcast Network, and, we- and now a word from your local sponsor. All right, we're back. Um, Misha, one more thing I wanted to tell you. This idea, if this is uh, news, if you are moving to or staying in Armenia where you are now, I, and I've told you this off the air, a lot of our guests, more than any other guests we ever had, we have, we have, we have um, audience members who write in and ask about you and have been wanting to make sure you're safe throughout the past year. So they will be very happy to hear that you are now out. I think... There, I mean, I have not lived through this as you have, but just reading it through history, there seems to always be a time when people decide you want to save your country, you, you want to do everything you can for your country, do everything for your homeland. And then at some point you're like, well, I have to take care of myself, take care of my family, right? Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, on the airplanes, you put the little mask on, on yourself first and then on, on your kid, you know? There's a lot of... Uh, of sort of sense in that yeah i i, I mean I, I don't really know what uh, i can do at this point right uh, i don't know how to use a gun i don't have a gun there's nothing <laughs> you can do you know I, there's uh, right there's armed uh, riot police in front of you they have this ammunition they have these fences and everything and uh, well, what am i supposed to do what can i do like i'm i'm on stage i'm trying to persuade people i'm trying to be open and try to i don't know like I feel like jokes have power, you know, you at least kind of tell people, you give them uh, catharsis. Like, that's why I feel like stand up 
has been uh, thriving under this uh, uh, under these conditions, right? People uh, still yeah. come because uh, you have these veiled jabs, uh, you know, every single thing that you say. Um, and it releases I mean, tension, it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you do that and then it kind of makes people think, right? If people, again, if people are in doubt or they, and uh, listen, I've been walking around the, uh, saying that uh, if you really you also have to uh, ever since i started going to aa you know i started really believing in just the power of faith you know like faith is a verb you know and so you should just stop thinking and uh, start doing like that's why like i feel like uh, all these things are that are happening it's almost like it's meant to be like that why why am i in armenia why are you and i talking right now it's kind of crazy that we just uh, started doing this, you know, a few months ago, and now I'm in Armenia, you know, and now I'm talking to Narek. Narek is coming to um, my office, you know, to talk about AI. I'm working with AI, and we actually uh, do, like, really cool, uh, cool stuff for private security, you know, and I feel like, uh, listen, I, I'm really passionate about this. We're trying to build a unicorn, and, uh, you know, I'm using my skills, my stand-up skills, and uh, developing global partnerships and, you know, uh, the solutions that we make, they actually like do really cool stuff. We uh, save lives, you know, we make the world a safer place. And uh, again, the, this technology can be used, you know, for, for, e for evil. And it, at some point, if it, it takes that turn, at least I want to be in the middle of it and I can do something about it or, or I'll at least be the, the first person to know. Right. So I want to be the person that people can uh, rely on and not just some drunk asshole spewing obscenities on stage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so that it's really turned my world around. And, you know, that's kind of the positive side of, of that. Uh, but I do I do think, you know, I, I'm also hopeful because we've, you know, the fall of the Soviet Union, that was the first uh, sort of phase uh, we're entering democracy and it some countries like czech republic poland the baltic states they succeeded you know the the first try was enough well perhaps it wasn't enough for us you know maybe we'll do it you know i'm hopeful that we just need a little bit more and even if you look at that you know we call it repressions right people compare this guy to stalin but in the end of the day i mean look at it uh, the scale of violence is uh, way less in the 21st century, right? Even if like 10 people die, that's a huge, uh, uh, it re resonates, uh, it has a huge impact, right? And during Stalin, you know, it was, the, you know, countless people still have not been found. We're talking hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. So at least that's something, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, that this uh, century's revolutions won't be as bloody at least, you know? And why do you think, do you think that is because of technology, internet, because everyone has cameras on their phones or, or what do you think keeps it a little more in check? I mean, overall, I think we just have better lives than ever before. I mean, that's yeah. just... People have gone soft. They don't have the, I you know, mean, these dictators don't have it in them like Stalin to purge enough people. At the time. Well, previously, yeah. 100,000 people could get wiped off the planet and there wouldn't be one video about it. It wouldn't even be an article in the New York Times. They wouldn't even notice. They would, yeah, yeah. You, unless there was some embedded journalist who was there when it happened and New York Times journalists. Otherwise, the news won't even make it over there. You know. Yeah, so I guess TikTok saved the world. TikTok. <laughs> Look at that.
What about so speaking of Lukashenko? So ninety-one is that when the USSR fell, or when um I guess Belarus, Belarus left the USSR. But it would be ninety. Lukashenko voted against it, right? He was like the one guy I read that he he was in parliament and he voted to stay. So he was. Oh really? Excellent. Yeah, I read that some when I was reading. Yeah, he's like the only member of the Belarusian par- parliament who voted to stay. I mean, obviously he was overruled. I for one death. welcome our new overlords. Death. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, listen, uh, yeah, and uh, when he became the, the president, we had the white, red, white flag, and then he changed it two years later. So yeah. for two years, uh, this uh, the flag of the revolution was our flag, right? So, yeah, he definitely loves the USSR because that was his uh, golden years, you know? Like, yeah. he was the chairman of the local uh, collective farm, you know, that's, that's the, those were his best years. And he feels like the whole country can be ruled like a giant collective farm. And that kind of, his aesthetic comes from those uh, days. He he wasn't like uh, educated in like an Ivy League school or anything. He doesn't have, uh, all he does is just- He's not a critical thinker, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But but he instinctively, he is really good. I'm not saying he's he's an amazing politician. He's been able to- you know, Putin is supposedly tough, but he's the one who's been screwing Putin over for twenty uh, some years, and he can't do anything about it. You know, he—it's almost like, you know, um, he acts like he is uh, uh, angry, but as you said, you know, uh, the, the comparison with uh, North Korea—you know, like he, I can make fun of him and I can uh, talk shit, but nobody else can. So yeah. So and he's and been then- getting for free oil forever, you know. So and getting, uh, you know, subsidies and all, all that jazz. So uh, to some Isn't extent, it, you know, that's pretty decent political game. It is. Yeah. I mean, he, he learned how to survive, basically. Right. And he but in 94, he won. He legitimately. Well, we think probably legitimately won election? the election. Right. Uh, right. Because, yeah, I mean, uh, at that point, people didn't really know. And he kind of uh, sounded like a decent alternative. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was a kid then, but it's uh, I guess he was a fresh face. It's kind of like uh, Putin, you know, for for once uh, you didn't have to choose between like an 80 year old KGB guy or uh, an 80 year old Politburo guy. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, those fresh faces kind of made an impact. And then he mm-hmm. stayed, from what I read, he stayed relatively popular in Belarus because um, at he never made a clean break from Russia. So he was, as you were saying, getting funding from Russia all the time and also trade partner with Russia and everything. So did the economy kind of stayed all right? Is, this is what I've read. You can tell me if it's wrong. The yeah, economy kind of stayed all right through the 90s and the 2000s, while other countries who had broken off 100% from Russia a lot of those were failing economies because they were kind of having going growing pains of becoming democracies and all that stuff. Um, no, we had a huge crises uh, oh. up until, uh, yeah, like mid nineties, we had crises. The whole country was out of like milk or out of uh, eggs, you know, eggs. Uh, but yeah. then, yeah, yeah. Like, Eat cereal. No, <laughs> no milk. Yeah, all yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, it, it was tough for a while, but then, uh, you know, uh, Russia was on the rise from the beginning because of oil prices. It was a, it was doing for a whole for a decade. It was doing quite well economically up until 
probably 2010 or so, and then it started to decline. And sort of by association, uh, Belarus was kind of uh, doing well too. Yeah. Um, so, so was there yeah, ever, because it seemed like in 2020, his big issue was the last election, the election last year, pretty clear he lost, even though he claimed he won by Was 80%. that the first one he clearly lost? Or That's my others? question. Yeah. yeah. Did he probably uh, well, or we don't know. That's a great question because uh, I guess it's kind of like the Russian scenario, right? They, it was always rigged, but they would do it in a mild form, right? So yeah. it wasn't outrageous. Uh, right. This time, it was just so blatant that you couldn't argue uh, about it. Before, they could just put in, you know, just kind of falsify a little bit. So, but I think it's, overall, uh, people did uh, vote uh, predominantly for Lukashenko in the last few elections. Well, and you had it's, told us that you, if I remember correctly, this was the first one you'd voted in. A lot of people just didn't vote, right, in the past because it kind of seemed yeah. pointless. Yeah. Well, uh, the thing is, in uh, 2010, we had a uh, that was the last time we had riots and everything. And uh, in 2011, we had a, a terrorist act in, in the Minsk subway. And uh, so they caught two guys um, and they immediately executed them. But uh, everybody pretty much knows that that was a staged uh, government. Of course. Yeah. And uh, lots oh. of people died. But. Uh, right after, I mean, a lot of things are pointing. What kind of terrorist attack? Because, you mean like they blew up something or? A bomb. Yeah, a okay. bomb. And like uh, a lot of people died. And, uh, but right after the, this uh, bombing, uh, you know, Lukashenko and his uh, son, who was like six at a time, at that time, you know, he went down there that uh, day. Like, how did you know that, you know, it wasn't going to happen again? There's like that. Oh, he went down there uh, to be like, we're we're Belarus. We can get through almost like almost like George Bush Bush after 9-11. I can hear (laughs) you. The whole world. He grabbed an old Belarusian man with a megaphone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I see what you're saying. So and, he's a, also, a political stunt, as we were saying. He used like, yeah, yeah, and the trial was uh, really quick. They executed them and still their parents. And, uh, you know, they're, they still go out and they say that, you know, it was, it was a completely fake trial and everything. And so they just took two scapegoats, pinned, pinned uh, that uh, terrible crime on them and executed them. So, uh, so that was in uh, 2011, but that can kind of instilled fear or uh, I don't know. I, I think their whole thing was yet yeah, to unite the nation over that whole thing. But I think it mostly just like instilled fear. And uh, throughout uh, the 90s, he would like uh, get rid of his political opponents. That's what Putin did that too. Like all of yeah. his political opponents, uh, two of them died in helicopter crashes. One of them, uh, uh, his wife was Lee. He was like a, uh, a general who fought in the Chechnya. You know, his wife supposedly shot him, which just implausible, you know, then, um, yeah, then, of course, the uh, poisonings, the recent, right. the most oh, yeah. recent one. And uh, Lukashenko was doing this even earlier than Putin, really, because yeah. he power even longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he taught him a few tricks. Yep. Uh, dude, they're, you know, they're twin brothers in you, terms of uh, methodology. I mean, do you think Putin's jealous that, like, he's like, I never hijacked a plane. I didn't pull that one off. Well, now he can. But he did, though. But he did. Right. Uh, that, but not, not a commercial, like, a little... Uh, yeah, so he, you know he copies uh, Lukashenko copied the, the same uh, right. He just did thing, a little more. Yeah, with his own pizzazz. A little more that's balls. What it does. Yeah, I mean he, Putin's gonna now. It's a, he can though. Putin next time. Uh, now next anyone Navalny can. What what's the worst that's gonna happen? Joe Biden's gonna say we're very upset with you, and then everyone moves on with their life. 
I mean, like, yeah. if there's no consequences, every people planes can just start getting hijacked by MIG fighter jets all over the place. You could be flying over Thailand and they could throw a MIG up there and yeah. take you down. Like, I mean, I looked, I looked it up in August after the stolen election. The EU said that there's going to be repercussions. A lot of people are going to be held responsible for this. We can't let it stand, and nothing's happening. So, so they're yeah, they're just going to wave their finger and what are they? What really about do? Misha? So, what about the journalist? It seems like he's on. He's going to go to death row. I mean, not the journalist. Sorry, the guy. The, the, the telegram guy. The guy, the guy was kidnapped. Yes. I mean, yeah. Um, I have no idea. I mean, he could because yeah. he's uh, he's considered a. I'm not sure what the exact uh, a terrorist. I think. I mean, because they're saying because he was helping no. organize like it, violence. Basically, that's the charge because of the channel, right? Or meetup spots. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the. Uh, legal definition is a little bit more vague than just straight up a terrorist you okay know? so uh but yeah he could be looking at or it could be just uh listen honestly if you get like 18 years in prison or even like seven years in Belarusian prison i don't know what's worse uh, i'll yeah. be honest with you yeah. so i'm just hoping this whole regime falls apart way before so so well you know everyone who gets those terms can uh, get out sooner so Let's yeah, end on something he happier here. Uh, <laughs> what's the future? I mean, <laughs> Armenia. Hey, hey we're all going to die. Come on. <laughs> Let's talk about we can get you a job selling. We can send you a thousand number one in Armenia T-shirts and to take to the streets. Well, actually, Nark was saying, where's his hoodie? All right. So he. Oh, he, yeah, we do. We need his mail. I'll, I'll contact him. We do need to send him a hoodie. That's true. But when you guys do a show together, you're going to well, get lost in America fans. Well, we need shit. To have a send him two. Send him two hoodies. We'll send I'll two. We will send two. I'm writing that down right but, now. But we are in Armenia and it's super hot here. So get us some T-shirts along with it. So we'll what about you drink coffee it. over there? You need a mug. What yeah. else do you need? What model <laughs> iPhones do you have? Tote bag. Yeah. Phone covers. People, you can get all this stuff on our website. Sure. So what? Yes. what's I mean, this is exciting, though. If the two of you guys are working together at, at, and three, I guess, with the, the two armed comedy guys and you. Well, I mean, it's well, pretty cool. Yet. I know, but we're it would just, be very cool. You know, what are you talking about it? it? I mean, would it be? And what's are there uh, comedians roughly? Do you know? Did you get a sense of how many comedians are currently there and how many would be interested in doing a weekly show and stand up and all that stuff? I mean, the idea that I got that they're there, I don't know how yeah. many, but hey, they just need I'll, me I'll, shut to start the hey, show. Honestly, I just listen, I can't. Uh, this is my only condition, you know. I'll, I'll stay in Yerevan only if I can uh, do stand up. So that's what I'm, I'm just gonna go to bars and be like, "Hey, uh, can I awesome, do stand up here." I mean, Whatever. now you know. If I'm the only too. one, yeah. If I'm the only one, that's awesome because uh, you know more stage time for me. Well, we'll be there soon. We've already made. I think Belarus currently might be out of the question for us. We said we would come to Belarus. I wanted I to go see my family roots, but I, it's not. We'll really meet worth you going. in Armenia. We will definitely be taken off a. Of plane and i would <laughs> yeah, you know oh as the God. plane descended the, i the, i have such respect for this guy who can know like you're coming down and like they're going to arrest you probably because i would be i'd be pissing myself i would i, I couldn't deal with it so yeah we're not well, we're not going anywhere near that airspace right now <laughs> yeah and uh, it was crazy that the the pilot just uh, took off you know he he, he could have said hey listen uh, what happened here why'd you uh, take one of the uh, people off my flight you know i'm not gonna leave until Oh. Right. They just 
Do you think the people just went back to their normal route? I, I got like six people went off the flight because four of them weren't arrested. They were the agents that were tracking them, I guess. What if but, you're uh, like, oh, actually, yeah. I live here. Oh, this is my stop. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was going to connect. You know what? <laughs> I just do you think on Ryanair when he was going down, he was like, hey, can I get a, like a barf bag? I'm about to throw up. And they're like, yes, that'll be five dollars. We can sell you a bag to puke into. Yeah, I, I mean. I think they, they basically kicked him out. You know, he was saying, listen, uh, I'm going to, you know, get arrested and I can get executed. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. They just not- thought, yeah. It's their typical, uh, I guess. Ryanair. Yeah, protocol. Yeah, Ryan Ryanair, Air. they follow protocol. They don't, they don't yeah. protect freedom fighters and that there should be an airline that advertises. We protect dissidents. Well, they're the worried about their, us down. They're worried about their on-time arrival statistics. It screws up their staff. That's exactly. Yeah. All right. Thank you. I get shit on all the time. (laughs) I'm never flying Ryanair. That's, uh, you know, no matter what, no matter what. I mean, I used to be scared of catching STDs in that flight. Now, now, yeah, everything I'm out. I mean, I used to think United uh, was bad because those, uh, the service from those long haul flight ladies, but this is, this is over the line turning you into a terrorist government. When we start our old school, like mad money airline that we've talked about where people could smoke on a plane and the flight attendants were, you know, old school outfits and everything. We're going to also be dissident friendly. We're not allowing any shenanigans. We're gonna, our guys are going to be packing heat. They're just going to take you down if you try anything. Dude, I would, that, that should be a slogan, you know, dissident uh, gulag airlines. Gulag <laughs> airlines. <laughs> There's our idea. That's our second. That's a sister charter company. Mad Men Airlines, just gulag airlines. Gulag <laughs> airlines. That's it, everybody. Misha, thank you so much. We will see you in Armenia. Um, and everybody, Misha did a full episode with us a couple months ago that we did only on Patreon. So check that out over there. Kaplan. What should we do? And we don't have to show, give you any food in that airline because we're preparing you for life in the gulag. But anyway, on that note, I'm going to get lost. Get lost. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.